Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to our player profile and projection episodes. We're here outside Clover Park. We basically live here now in our little tent. Port St. Lucie. Somebody asked us if we're setting up so we get first dibs at ticket sales. I think that might be a, a good reason. Really competitive out here. We're, <laughs> we're lines camping out. The door. We are live outside the stadium. Probably not live to you, but live to us. Live to us. And it's nice and warm. Not looking forward to going back to New York where it's probably freezing cold right now. That is a fact. But. We are on our PPPs. We are doing outfield Mark Canna. Mark Canna. Marky Mark. This is an interesting one. I think this is an exciting one. In his first year, his stat line, he played in 140 games, 540 plate appearances. He hit 13 home runs, 61 RBI, 24 doubles. Had 48 walks, which he's known for, that good eye. Mm. Only three stolen bases, but he hit 266, uh, slugged 403, and he had a 128 weighted runs created plus. So a solid, very productive year. Uh, he had some moments, that Philly game, the two-homer yes. game, where he kind of broke out of his extra base slump, his home run gap slump. and uh, But he was a steady presence for the New York Mets in left field. Uh, and I think... He's ready for more of a breakout to show that power. Um, but I, I think his year was underrated again, like some of the other Mets. I think he was very good last year. I, I agree. And I, he had a, he's a little bit of the uh, heart and soul category of the Mets a little bit. He had some of the biggest moments last year. One thing that I was unaware of that you pointed my attention to before we started, it's a contract year for Mark Canna. I thought this was originally a three-year deal. It's a two-year deal with a club option next year. So it's kind of a big year for Mark Canna in terms of either maintaining the performance that he had last year, which was admittedly really good, 28% better than league average hitters, and you know, a solid left fielder, and of course, a bunch of clutch hits. Can Mark Canna, one, stay on the field for 140 games again, and two, maintain that uh, offense that he brought last year? He said he wants to hit more home runs, and it looks like he bulked up a little bit as well. So hopefully that could be a new element to his game. But uh, I'm very excited for year two of Mark Canna. I'm excited as well. I think uh, the club option is for $11.5 million. Right. That's a, a solid contribution. I think if he contributes what he did last year, I think that's an easy pickup for the New York Mets. And you have, you know, kind of question marks because when the Carlos Correa debacle was happening, we heard rumors that Brett Beatty could play some left field and was willing to embrace that. So do the Mets pivot and put him there? There's also the Escobar equation that factors into that. So spots for the New York Mets lineup are growing few and far Tommy between. Tommy Pham as Tommy well. Tommy Pham is there as well. So there is competition and also some insurance breathing down his neck a little bit. But Mark's only 34 years old. Still a Just younger turned. guy. 
Oh, day after February fifteenth. Yeah, the day after uh, Valentine's Day. So he's thirty-four, newly thirty-four. Yeah, happy birthday, Fresh Mark. Fresh faced. A little bit delayed there. And uh, you mentioned my uh, my hot take that I put on Twitter. One leg of that was Mark Hanna's going to grow going to grow a mustache this year, which I'm kind of into. I think he could wear it. It is. It might be blonde though, so I, I don't know good. how well it'll show up. Correct. He's he's got the the fair hair. Doesn't really translate to this kind of solid I'm facial hair. I'm a mustache elitist. <laughs> Audio people can't see it, but but again, that might bring an edge to him. It might it might push him over that edge. And if the second half of that prediction was what I need the edge because I have him making his first All Star team this year. I was a little surprised when I looked that Mark Hanna's never made an All Star team because I view him as a pretty consistently good player since like 2018 when he got his start with the A's. And 2019 was that big year where he had 26 home runs, had a 9.13 OPS, if you can believe that. But last year, also one of his best years, his first in the Big Apple. It must have been very interesting. You know, you had the similar experience as well, going from Oakland and then coming over to New York at kind of, you know, a team going on the up and up and was part of that, you know, flurry of signings with him, Escobar, and Marte. A lot of pressure kind of put on his shoulders, but I really think Mark Hanna handled it well and really got the people of New York on his side during last season. I think so, too. I mean, we talked about it when they signed him or uh, no, he was a free agent, not a trade. Right. Shocking from the Oakland A's. And I think you um, believe it. How well he was going to fit over here. Him and his wife, he, they, they love a big city. They live in the city. They're one of those experience it once in a lifetime kind of opportunity to where if you play for the New York Mets, why not experience the full the full immersion into, you know, the greatest city in the world? Why not do that? You know what I need from Mark Cannon this year? You know, when you think of Eduardo Escobar in New York City, you think of Fogo de Chao. Like, that's become synonymous with him. Mark Canna, he's the big league foodie. I need him to, like, pick his restaurant this year. Like, I need his New York landing spot. I don't know if he's a sushi guy. I think he's, like, an everything guy. He's an everything guy. He dabbles all over the place. I need some place that Mark Canna puts his stamp on and says, this is my go-to spot. I think he likes the traveling man, but, hey, maybe he opens up Mark Canna's. Did you have a... You shouldn't say that. You should keep It'd that to yourself invest. and pinch that. Yeah, I mean, someone might steal that. Uh, that he might, might be. steal that. Hey, trademark. Is that a thing? Can I just say trademark? Dibs. We got to stop with the puns. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Let's uh, let's get into uh, his projections this year. Why don't you go ahead and give him a read? Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little shocked by them, but I'm gonna read them off. 126 games. We like that. 522 PAs, not Pennsylvanias. That's plate appearances. 20 doubles. 14 home runs. 55 ribeye stakes, as Keith Hernandez would say. 59 runs, 54 walks, which I like a lot, and five swiped bags, 241 average, 344 on base, and a 390 slugging for a 117 weighted runs created plus and 1.9 F4. Do these feel a little light to you? They do, uh, especially the 126 games. I mean, you talked about kind of the getting everybody some plate appearances mm. um, that with Tommy Pham, with Marte bouncing around, with McNeil possibly moving out there, right. if Beatty moves out there. There's a lot of options out there. Does that cut into Mark Canna's playing time? It's tough because I, I view him as a vital piece of the middle of the lineup with his you know, hit by pitches, his walk rate, his ability to you know get some extra base hits that we really saw in August of last year. Uh, it's just a matter of, is there going to be too much competition breathing down his neck? Are there going to be enough plate appearances to hand out? Because I don't view Mark Canna as a guy that's going to be susceptible to injury. He was kind of a guy that I you know, saw in the lineup most days last year. And I think the pop is a little bit low on the projections. I kind of view him getting you know a little bit higher, maybe even closer to a 20 home run season. He's only had that once. 
I know, but I, I still think he has that in the tank a little bit. I think he's maybe gotten a little bit more adjusted to City Field. You know, we saw him crank some home runs at Citizens Bank Park. I, I think it's in the cards, but I really like 54 walks. I think that's going to be more than last year and less plate appearances. And that's something that's always going to be beneficial to this lineup. So here, here's one of the reasons why I feel like his game's plate is low. Okay. I think some projections don't take into account the makeup. I think mm. his style of at-bat was basically the the I like the the DNA of the Mets lineup last year. The yeah. grinding out at bats, putting pressure on all these pitchers to really make their pitch. It was the Nimos, uh, the McNeils, the the Vogelbacks when he got traded over. But really, to me, Mark Canna's grindy at bats yeah. to where he really is patient, always taking his time, never swings at a, a, a chase pitch. I think his approach kind of set the tone especially when he was in that like sixth seventh uh spot in the lineup right and i found this split that dalton included in our line really interesting because canna a lot of the things that he's good at he kind of profiles as a leadoff hitter like he gets on base a ton he works great at bats like you said and when canna was up with zero outs last year he batted 340 with a 957 ops and 184 plate appearances when he had two outs when he was at the end of an inning 223 average 621 ops so the mets can kind of be strategic with where they place him in the lineup if you have him in that five or six hole or whatever and he's starting the inning in the second inning or whatever that could profile well because i think mark canna you know he's he's a party starter you know he doesn't show up at the end of the party and make his appearance he's there right when the party starts he doesn't show up fashionably late and he gets things going he's vital to the energy of the party yeah uh, I think that's that's a pretty smart key. That's that grinded out kind of at bats. He doesn't have to make the action happen. He creates it early with right. the, with him getting on base. Another one of these splits Dalton put on is when he swings at the first pitch versus when he takes the first pitch. And we talked about his approach, the the patience, the the getting down. He's never afraid to get two strikes because he he trusts his ability to put the bat to the ball. But I think that lack of power, especially early and through that middle section, kind of maybe forced his hand because he wanted to create the power. So when he was swinging at first pitch, he hit 195 with a 548 OPS. Wow, when awesome. he took the first pitch, he was 289 with an 837 OPS. Yeah, marginal So I think, difference. and not only does it prove that he doesn't need to create the action, but when he's more patient, the action comes to him on his own. I think that's articulated really well there. And I mean, you can tell by the, the level of plate appearances between the two splits. More often than not, Mark Hanna is trying to work that at bat and getting himself to a good pitch. Also, we can't talk about Mark Hanna without talking about the hit by pitches because it's become quite the joke at this point. I mean, I don't know what it is because he doesn't really look like a guy that crowds the plate all that much. He doesn't, but he has, you have to pitch him in. If you look at anything, he doesn't swing uh, at the pitches on the inner half very often. And if you get it there, that's his weakest point. But then he doesn't move out of the way very often. And he takes, he's led the league the last two years in hit by pitches. Underrated tough guy, Mark Hanna. Not just Underrated. willing to wear it whenever to get yeah. on base. And again, that's one of those grind it out, make the, the pitcher make a pitch. And if he doesn't, you're going to get on base and you're going to make him pay for it. Because I, I bet you can speak to this. There's nothing probably more deflating to a pitcher than getting someone to a two-strike count or something like that and then hitting him with a pitch, which I'm sure happened numerous times to Mark Cannell last year. 
He got hit 27 times in 2021, 28 times in 2022. Both times led the MLB uh, in hit by pitches in both those seasons. It's just, it, it's an absurd number to be getting plucked. Okay, Crazy. so 27 and 21, 28 in uh, last year. Here's my first audible. over under. I knew it, I knew it. Yeah, here, here's your typical audible hot route. Uh, my <laughs> first over under hit by pitch. I'm going to put it at 27 and a half. <clears throat> Because that's right in the middle of between his last two years. There's no reason to assume it won't be the same this year, right? There's no reason why he would change anything about that approach, unless there's an injury of some kind. But Mark, you know, he's an elbow guard guy. He's, he leans in, whatever. I mean, I think last year, if I remember correctly, I went under on the hit by pitches because I think that was our mark last year too. I have to go over. I have to assume that he's just going to keep building every season of his career. So 29 next year, 30 the next year after that until he <laughs> eventually retires. I'll take the over. Here's where we disagree. Okay. I do think that he tries to drive the ball a little bit mm, more to, mm. to make more of an impact with the power. I don't think he forces it by changing his approach, but I do think he lifts and he might be looking for that inside pitch a little bit more. Yeah. And so he'll turn on those pitches. I'm going to doubt that he reaches 28. Okay. But I do think he's in the 20s. So I will take the under on my own. So we a rare disagreement between Jolly and myself. Well, then that makes me very curious for what you're going to say for Max's over-under, which is home runs in Mark Canna's case. Now, there are quotes about Canna wanting to hit more home runs this year. Uh, he made that apparent in spring training camp. I have a plane flying overhead, so hopefully my audio is still good here. But Max Manis has set the over-under at 14.5 home runs. He hit 13 home runs in 2022, which kind of feels like less than I remember. I remember him maybe getting to 15, but I guess not. 17 home runs in 2021, and then back in that 2019 season, the last full season, 26 home runs. Now, we had the juice ball in the equation and stuff like that, but... Based on what you said about hit by pitches, I gotta believe you're taking the over here. And that is correct. I'll just not play around. I'm no taking suspense. the over. I think uh, I think he's going to add that into his repertoire on purpose. I think it's a, it's an intent. He is going into a contract year. If he reaches that 20 mark, it, it creates like a line where you know when I saw. Uh, Eduardo Escobar's line. I was like, oh, he hit 20 homers. Like that's a that's just a, a accounting stat that you look at and you're like, ah, oh, that feels better. It's like yeah. getting under a three ERA. A 299 versus a three flat just feels better. Right, right. Uh, and I think that magical 20 number and at 14 and a half, I think that's a fair enough assumption to to think he'll reach over that. I will also take the over in this case. I think you know. 30 hit by pitches and 15 home runs would be hilarious. I don't see how that season comes together, but I'm optimistic. He I goes like 30 Mark. 30. He goes <laughs> in a the different, first 30 30 season with home a, runs. It's and not hit stolen by bases, it's hit by pitches. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this. Do you think that a 20 home run season is a feasible possibility for Mark? I think Anna? it's a very feasible possibility. I, I only see it not working out. Uh, at least an 18 homer type season mm -hmm. if he if they do end up cutting into his his playing time yeah um, because I think he's such a good ball player and I think uh, he fits into kind of what Buck appreciates in that lineup and it's uh, you reward a guy for being there all the time right. uh, and the only way I see him not approaching at least the 15 mark and getting to that 20 mark would be if he doesn't get the plate appearances and the biggest thing that I, I found from the steamer projection was how how low that slugging mark is 390 it seems a little bit lower I mean Mark was at 403 last year and I think it's kind of what you said with the ERA like 390 and 400 400 just feels better it's nice to have that four in front of slugging 
Like we know that he's gonna be good for a 350 on base if he maintains the same approach he had last year. But I think they're underselling him a little bit on that slugging. I think he's good for 20 doubles, and I think he could be good for 20 home runs. And that puts him in a really good spot to be like 25% better than the league average hitter again if he can, you know, stay on the field, obviously. I agree. I'm a Mark Canna fan. We're Mark Canna fans. It's a big year for him. Canna fans. It could be a club option year. Maybe the Mets let him fly like a bird and get a new deal, but it is a big year for Mark Canna. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's all I got. Wrapping it up from here outside Clover Park and Shea Station for Jolly. I'm Jerry. Let's go Mets. We'll see you guys again tomorrow to talk about another player on the Mets. Hey, maybe they're inside right now. Getting ready to battle. Hell Tune in yeah. tomorrow. See you guys soon.